When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the sound quality, we had some technical difficulties, bumps, knocks, vibrations, and there are a few expletives, so this may not be for younger ears. We talked spirits and had a few spirits. This is also a part one to a two-part episode, so please watch for part two in the near future. That's enough housekeeping, let's get to Vicky. And I saw a demon come through the hallway, a flying demon that was horizontal, and she came through the door and came in straight. In straight. I will never forget the voice, the depth of the voice, the, the energy that came from that voice. And it spoke in Spanish and it said, Soy el diablo. I am the devil. Y te voy a matar. And I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to kill you. And he stumbled and fell. I rode across the creek, got off the horse, and took my rifle out of the scabbard in case I had to make a shot. For 20 minutes with my spotlight, we watched these two creatures. I, I would, I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. It's a very ominous feeling. First of all, everything is one color. It's like a dark pewter color. There are no right angles anywhere. There was almost nothing other than a small foldable hatchway that looked recognizable. Everything was uh, was really unworldly. The other option is, is that these entities are in fact hybrid beings. They are some sort of a hybrid that's coming in and out of our dimension. My arm contacted him. He just fell back very unexpectedly easy into the other one and I rolled off the table in the other direction and uh, they came around the table and the three of them were coming towards me hey what's up Jerry how you doing good it's freaking Friday yeah it's freaky Friday freaky Friday actually uh, I was thinking it was 1028 1028 there's a scary movie that I used to watch that was called 1028 you remember that one yeah well, it's cool because it's uh, it's Halloween weekend, pretty much, you know, like Halloween's Tuesday, so we're doing this show, and uh, we have a special guest today. Who's our special guest? We got Vicky in the house. You know, Vicky, uh, she's a close, I would say, relative of mine, uh, obviously, and of ours, because just so you guys know, we actually, she was like an older sister, basically, because we used to work together when I was, in 2007, can you believe it or not? We're aging ourselves so bad with that, but <laughs> yeah. So, what's up, Vicky? How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Heck yeah. yeah. Welcome. Welcome. And we have her in studio, by the way, which is pretty cool. We don't ever have anyone in studio. It's actually not even a studio, but we're not going to talk about that. It is a studio. Stop it. It's something. <laughs> it's definitely something. Yeah, but we wanted to have Vicky on because uh, we're, you know, talking back and forth about experiences and stuff. And she's just got like kind of a, a plethora of just a bunch of crazy stuff, it sounds like. So like, it's like, hey, come on the show. Like, you got stuff to talk about, you know? And, oh, yeah. and uh we always like the shows where we're talking to like regular everyday people too. You know, like yeah. it's not like some author or some like, you know, movie person that's like trying to promote their documentary. It's like a real person that has like crazy experiences, you know. And so I, I think that hits home hard for like for me it does because I'm regular everyday Joe. You know, I've had my own thing. So pretty cool. So. Well, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that actually have something that are unwilling to talk about it. So this is a platform, you know, and I'm thankful, Vicky, that you're willing to like come in here and, and actually give perspective because 
don't know, this stuff's woo. They call it woo in this in this type of world, and it is woo. It sounds weird, you know? You hear this stuff, but you don't hear it every day, so, like, people automatically go to, this isn't real, or I don't want to believe it, or whatever, but when people are, so many people are having these experiences, and they're so far away from each other, there's, yeah. things are happening, so, and we can't explain it, really, all the way, but getting the insights are really good, so we're excited to have you, Vicky, for sure. Oh, thanks. Well, I think it's great that you have a platform that sure. people can feel so comfortable, like, sharing all this information with, right? Like, I told you not that long ago, I heard Jamie's story, and I thought, that gives me courage to share my stories, because you share stories, and a lot of the times they can seem unbelievable Mm -hmm. and you don't want to share that with just the average joe you know and it makes it comfortable so you were fearful before that a little bit i was yeah i feel like i really only talk to people that are open to Mm -hmm. hear this type of information because which is so true i mean we go out here and we're crazy as hell because we're over here big what's real you know like (laughs) posting everywhere like this look at this post look at this yeah don't even bring that up because i'm so pissed at myself for believing that whole like train bigfoot was real now like i'm you know the whole did you see that the colorado bigfoot oh my god we got to show you that video we'll We'll, show you you after this but it's freaking crazy i i thought it was real for the wildest time like the longest time for a couple weeks and i i think it's fake now i'm pretty positive oh yeah i still could be proven wrong and someone you know tell me if i'm wrong but we follow other podcasters and they they broke it down and there's a, a person they know that is part of this trailer company that's over by that Colorado area where the Durango train goes. Mm, okay. And they have a Bigfoot suit. And this Bigfoot suit... There's a camp called Sasquatch Camp where they, like, go... Like, they so get campers coming out and they, they do... They were doing it for Sasquatch advertising camp. or something. I see. Okay. Yeah. But it got, like, massive headlines. Like, everyone's like, this is Bigfoot. This is a real Bigfoot. Close to the Patterson-Gimlin film again. Like, this is mm. it. But... And we kind of believed it for a while there. But, hey, you know what? Um, we posted it once or twice on our story, but we didn't go fully all in, so I'm glad we didn't because, yeah, you always look kind of weird when you do that. Yeah, I <laughs> know, but I think it's important to keep an open mind because yeah. you never know. Like, yeah. you have to consider it you at the to. very least. Absolutely. But yeah, so, um, so Vicky, I, I know that, uh, we're just gonna, go, we're gonna go all over the place on this podcast. So wherever you want to start, like if you have a place you want to kind of start with and just go into like whatever you want to start with, you know, we'll just start talking about it and, and, I have an idea really quick. She uh, she used to work with me at Settlers Point, and we worked there for, what was it? I was at least there for three years, right? Circa 2007. Yeah, yeah. she saw me as a little 21-year-old, you know, a little weirdo. Now I'm 35. What's up? But uh, <laughs> Let's not even talk about how old I am now. <laughs> but for real, so I think, you know, Settlers Point, we had some weird times, and uh, I had no idea that you had, like, some kind of poltergeist-type experience there, so... I think let's get into that one first and then whatever else you want to get into. But yeah, I'm intrigued. Um, I don't even know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. so we worked together and a lot of the times it was just you and I in the office. Always. We had a little bit of a, like a break room area towards the back corner. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? That little it was kitchen like a, where the coffee was. And yes. Yeah, yeah. Where we made coffee mm-hmm. or like fridge was there and everything. Yeah. And there was times where you, Jaron, you and I um, would stay late and we could hear movement in the kitchen. That's right. I do remember that. And and we would joke around like, oh, it's it's the office ghost. And I don't think that we really dove into it too deep. It was kind of a inner joke, but it was stuff that was really happening. It was like we're being playful or something about it, like making jokes, but yeah, it yeah. was really actually happening. I think maybe I was yeah. thinking it wasn't actually happening. It was like yeah. we're just kind of making jokes about it, you know? Sure. But So before I started working at Settler's Point, we came and leased uh, at that apartment complex. And I don't know if you guys remember Angie Tolman. Mm-hmm. Love her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was my leasing agent. We got in there. Julian and I had just gotten married. So it was our very first apartment. We were super excited. I think we paid like six fifty a month. Like, who remembers that? that shit? Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Never again. I know, right? I would love to, though. Um, but the very first apartment that we moved into, Julie and I were super excited. I mean, we were just little 19-year-olds moving into this new place. But all this stuff, Julian used to work nights at that time. He worked graveyards. Okay. Um, so it was me, really, just at the apartment overnight, like, continuously, like, all the time. Um, I think we've been living there for maybe three months and he was still working graves and I started having these like crazy nightmares. Not only had I been living there, I was employed 
by the leasing office, the property management company. At I wasn't that time. working there yet. Not yet. Okay. Was that Pinnacle? Um, it was yeah, Pinnacle. Pinnacle back then. Yep. Okay. It was Pinnacle. Old, and old fax machine days. Dang. Oh my gosh! Remember that? We used to use a a typewriter. Yeah. To do our to labels. do the leases, you guys. We or yeah, to do so labels. Crazy. I remember that. And, and about, we used to fax our applications over. What about <laughs> running, company, did you ever yeah. run a card with the little the little the little carbon, ca- carbon fiber? Paper? Yeah, oh, we did. Goodness. My goodness. So we moved in. Everything was normal, maybe for about three months. We had neighbors upstairs that seemed to have a like super abusive relationship. We could hear like just weird stuff going on up there, just like slamming and just abusive stuff going on. And at that time, Julian and I were only 19. We're super young. Obviously, we didn't want to get involved or anything, but there was always kind of like a vibe going on in that apartment. Yeah. Um, after some time, um, everything actually kind of started at, I remember it was like, I was making dinner one time and back then we could only afford like hamburger helper and stuff like that. I was that, envisioning right? saying that. Right, <laughs> right before you said it, I was thinking it. So weird. Nothing wrong with that. Hamburger helper is good, you know? Yeah. We, we had like a $50 grocery nice. budget. Yeah. And so we would shop actually MPS. Yeah. Just go and grab whatever was but on back sale. Back then, fifty bucks could get you like you know a week's worth. Quite or something. Yeah, we I mean, yeah. hamburger helper was a dollar. You know, we could yeah. get our meals in and just have to buy ground beef and whatever. Um, but one particular night, I was cooking dinner. It was on a weekend because I remember Julian being home with me that day, and I remember being like washing the dishes or something, and. He said, oh, I'm going to take the garbage out maybe like five, ten minutes before that. And so I'm cooking dinner. I'm thinking he's already out. Like he took the garbage out. And while I'm over the stove, I feel like a like a hand kind of caressed my my butt. And I like I turned around and I don't see anybody. I'm like, what the hell? Like two minutes later, Julian comes in through the front door. And I remember asking him like, Hey, did you like tap my butt or anything before you left or whatever? And he was like, what are you talking about? I've been gone for like the last five, ten minutes. I got caught up talking to the neighbor outside. I just got back in. And I was like, okay, kind of dismissed it. Didn't think too much about it. The next night, I started having these weird nightmares that kind of built up like night by night. So it was just... I want to say it was a vibe because I was a nanny back then. So Jillian worked, you know, during the graveyard shift. Okay. And we really only saw each other for like maybe an hour or it's two. Like what, like 9 p.m. to 3 in the morning or 4 yeah, in the morning or something? Yeah, yeah. No. And then he would sleep until maybe like 2. And by this time I was already at my nanny job, but I would make it back home yeah. like an hour before he left for the work day. And we would watch Wayne Brady. I don't know if you guys remember yeah, the Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady show. Yeah, that guy was awesome. He's the yeah. new line is it anyway guy or whatever yes. it is. Yeah, he that guy's awesome. That guy's crazy. He, was on, he was on Mass Singer too, and he was amazing on that. He was one of the oh, best. He was a fox. I right? love Wayne Brady. Wait, everyone thought he was uh, Jamie Foxx because he was a fox. The character was a fox. Oh yeah, and he, he sounded like Jamie. Foxx. Wasn't he the um, card guy on Cuphead and Mugman? Yeah. Okay. There you go. We're being Cuphead and Mugman. It's a cartoon show. I for love Halloween. that. I yeah. know exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. I love it. That's Cuphead. So. It, I feel like it gradually kind of built up. That was my very first experience. Um, a lot of the times I would go and see Julian overnight, like bring him lunch. And we had my little toy poodle, Hershey's. He was like my faithful companion. And that was my little guy. Um, but there was definitely times during the week that I wasn't able to go and see him overnight. Right. So this happened on a weekend. I think I want to say like Tuesday of the next week. I started having these nightmares, like super vivid nightmares. I've always had really, really lucid dreams, but this felt like something different. You know, we were just newlyweds then. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night, um, I think it was the following weekend, I had a dream and I didn't know, but I started crying in my dream. I don't remember. I don't even remember what it was about. And Julian, I remember waking up to him, like, shaking me and saying, like, hey, babe, like, are you okay? What's going on? This guy sleeps through everything. <laughs> Trains, 
<laughs> earthquakes, probably everything, deep, right? Deep sleep, yeah. And I remember him telling me the only thing that wakes me up is if you're crying. It's like unsettling to him. It's yeah, an unsettling like sound. It's a it's a father's instinct too, and a, and a husband instinct. Absolutely, crying, you know. So um, I remember. That one night, I just woke up crying. He was like, are you okay? Is everything okay? I didn't recall much of my dream. And I was like, yeah, I I feel like I'm fine. And then the new week began, and I started having, like, nightmares every single night. Is it the same dream over and over? It was the same. Or, like, an escalating dream? I feel like it kind of built up to that. It At first, it just felt like a weight on me. Like I, I was just having these dreams where I felt heavy and I don't, I don't even really know how to explain it. Like it wasn't anything creepy or anything, but it was just a heavy feeling over me. And then it kind of graduated to where that Friday that came along and it was the last night that Julian was working and I had this super intense dream that I was in my apartment, in my bedroom where we, you know, like in our actual bedroom. And I saw a demon come through the hallway, a, a flying demon that was horizontal. And it was a female. Like Superman flying? Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. That kind of vibe? Yes. And she came through the door and came in straight. And in my dream, I I felt oppressed. Like I just felt a weight on me and that was like the beginning of it because I couldn't like wake up out of it like I could just see her kind of like floating over me trying to wake up but I couldn't and then I would you know and then the next day I told Julian I was like you know I've been having like these feelings I just feel like super down I had this dream last night and I I like I can't really kind of put two and two together I'm not I'm not sure if it's a nightmare or if it's something real. is really happening. But then it got progressively worse where I would see this same nightmare like over and over and over again. To the point where um I could I was afraid to, to go, go to, to sleep. sleep. Yeah. I was That's I like was Freddy afraid Kruger to go to sleep. Status right there yeah. for sure. And I would try to stay up as long as I could. I know the feeling. I had something similar. It was scary. It is, and like how shitty because we need sleep. I think that's what that that's what does. they're doing on I, purpose. Is I think to try to keep you from sleeping because right. because like it's a rejuvenation thing, and if you can't rejuvenate, you're literally just getting oppressed, slowly oppressed. Yeah, yeah. and then now you're not yourself. You know how like when you start, mm-hmm. you know how when you start getting super tired and you're like you're so drowsy you can't even think. So yeah. that's the perfect if, time, if it's a demonic possession. It's going to be the easiest time, but also it's going to be, it's just a, a mockery of God's creation, like us as people. Exactly. It's yeah. like, oh, this is going to be so funny to see these people not even be able to be a person, like not yeah. even be able to understand what's Function. going on. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And now your, your, your finances are getting wrecked from it. Your relationships, relationships. are getting wrecked from it yeah. and all this stuff. So yeah, that's scary. Oh. So it got so bad at that point my mother-in-law was super strong in the pentecostal christian church and she was all about prayer and mm-hmm. everything and it got to a point where i had to call her and i was like mom i need you to come and pray over me because i'm afraid to go to sleep but i need to sleep mm-hmm. you know like i felt like i was kind of losing my mind a little bit and i remember she came over and she prayed over me and the whole thing you know um and it kind of went away for a little while. So our lease came to an end and we requested a transfer because we wanted to move into an upstairs unit. And we had that whole like weird domestic violence thing going on Above upstairs. Yeah. And a lot of the times when that was going on upstairs, is I could hear the girl and she would be like, help me. Like Scary. That's scary. Well, it is scary oh because gosh. you almost feel like you, you have a human obligation to step in to respond to that, right. you know. Um, but I remember seeing her in the mornings, and I'd be like, "Hey, girl, good morning," and she would just act like everything but was okay. You know what sucks about that is like when they're in those moments, even if you went upstairs and you're, yeah. you knock, the dude opens the door, and he's like, "Everything's fine," and she, and she's not going to say anything at that of point, of course, because he's the one, he's the oppressor in her life, and mm-hmm. so. And then when, when they do get out of the situation, they feel like they're not good enough for anything else. They kind of fall back into it. It's like, it's such right. a, such yeah. a sad situation. It's a cycle. You know? So we requested this transfer and I remember we went, actually, I remember we went to 2216 
it'll I will never forget it. It was a beautiful apartment. Was that the Brookfield side or the there's no, a settler's settler side. side. Because I remember we had the was, vaulted Settlers gotcha. was 20, 21, 22. Uh, yeah. I remember those. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy that you remember because that old it's property. It's because it's weird because they... It's, so for the viewers, the listeners, right? Like, there, it, this property was weird because it had an older property used to be called Brookfield. And then there was Settler's Point, And it merged into one property. It was two different buildings, two different styles. Yeah. Two different builders all together, right? But, like, somehow yeah. it merged together. So they were totally different... Uh, products and, 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 you know, all together. And so it was funny because it was like, is this the Brookfield site? Like, but they had the same, like, apartment numbers sometimes. But Brookfield yeah. you know? even <laughs> had, like, their own pool. They had yeah, their yeah. own clubhouse. Yeah. Like, that little weird fitness center that was in there. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I remember, just really quick, super quick tangent. I remember I was brand new in the business, and you were there, I'm sure, at that time. You were there. <laughs> Two worlds collide. <laughs> no, but for real, I was like, I was sitting there, right? And um, somebody's like, oh, I mo- or, he's supposed to turn in keys, and they didn't move out. And it was Gene. You remember Gene? Oh, of course house. I remember He's like, Gene. let's go to Fulvio, too. Let's get over there. So we get Fulvio. over there. <laughs> Fulvio, that guy's crazy. So those are our maintenance guys at the time. And so we get over to this apartment, and Gene's like, the doors are locked. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, the doors are locked. And I'm like, okay, so, so what are we supposed to do? So we, we try to open the door, and there's a, a piece of wood, like, wedged to the door so you can't get in. And then we look in, and it's literally, it's the hoarding hoardingest hoarding place I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh, and they're wow. like, we're going to have to go in from the patio. So we, like, jump up a second floor. So we jump up on the golf he's cart. Like special ops. And I was skinny at the time, so like, Jaren, you're jumping on top of the golf cart, and we're going to foot you into it, and then you're going to open up the, the patio and then get us in. You're like, don't I have a say? You're going to do this? You're going to do, do this. He's like, this is against safety so, policies. So OSHA, don't listen to this one episode. But uh, I get in there, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is tough. And I'm, like, walking around all these, like, clothing items. And I see them, like, roaches and all this stuff. I'm trying to wedge this piece of wood to open up the front door. And they're like, get it open. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> and then they're, I'm like, you're making it more stressful. My hands are sweating now. And it was just tough. But uh, wow. I, I'll never forget that, that memory. It was so, so weird. funny. <laughs> I <laughs> So we transferred into this upper unit. It was a beautiful unit. I was so happy that we got to transfer, right? You guys, like, two weeks in. And, you know, Julian loves guns. He loves knives. Like, he grew up hunting. He was a hunter and stuff, right? Yeah. And and he grew up knowing how to, like, defend himself. That's one thing Mom and Dad Jaramillo did an awesome job at. Like Shout out good old boys for that. Like, learning how to hunt and stuff. That's good stuff. I like it. Yeah. It's very needed in the world. Um, but weeks into it, I remember there was one, one particular night Mm -hmm. that we were both laying in bed and back in the day, I mean, we were newlyweds, best friends and we'd lay in bed and talk for hours and we'd just like talk shit, you know? (laughs) And we're sitting there in bed and I don't know if you guys remember the Settlers Point Apartments, but... You walk in, you have the living room. The living yep. room had the patio right kitchen. there. Yeah. The vertical blinds, the wraparound kitchen. Yeah, the and then the hallway. Had, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, the, the wood-burning fireplaces yeah. were Which a plus. Which the pigeons yeah. would get stuck in. And then you had, like, the laundry room in the hallway, the bathroom, and then your bedroom was on the other side. Yeah. One night we were sitting there just talking shit, having fun, whatever, and we're getting ready to go to bed. And mind you, we're on the second floor. And we're sitting there, and it's dead quiet. And we could hear the vertical blinds. You know, the vertical blinds make a noise when you, like, scoot them over. Yeah, and they're loud. And the patio door, the sliding door, makes a noise, right? So we're laying there, and all of a sudden we hear the patio door sliding open. Just the shh. And then we hear the blinds go... Hey, somebody's breaking in. That's yeah, what that's what we that's thought. That's when you grab his so right? Yes, yeah, he right. did. And he was like, I got it. He was like, babe, roll over the bed. And I remember I rolled over to the and other side, like, and I'm on the floor. Oh, that's smart of you. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, and you guys, I've never been in a situation like this before. And so I'm like, yeah. I've never been around guns. I didn't grow up around guns or anything like that. So this was all super new to me, and I'm like... Kind of scared. You yeah, know? it's scary to have a firearm around sometimes, especially if you're not. For used to sure, it. but Julian was super comfortable with it. He's like, "Babe, roll over." I remember him grabbing the gun. He glocked it back, and he was standing right by the door. We could hear the blinds open, and then we heard footsteps coming from the kitchen, 
into the the hallway, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's going down." Someone's like, in their house. He's yeah, shot. and yeah. he was. He was like ready, like pointing at the door. And thankfully, we live in Utah, so if it really is an intruder, he's going down. You can kill him. <laughs> right? You yep. can kill him, and it's all right. No trial. It's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and then he just kind of waited there. No one ever came through the door. No, like maybe three minutes passed. So you guys had the door locked to the bedroom. And yeah, you're just and, and Julian was just waiting. Okay, and, smart. But the footsteps just kind of went. They stopped, and then we were like, What's like there on? was nothing. All of a sudden, and so he opens the door and he's like, "I'm gonna check." And so he's got his gun. You know, he's like sweeping Open. the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, "There's nobody here. The blinds are fine. The door's locked." To the patio. To the sliding door? Yeah. What the heck? He's like, I don't understand. Okay, wow. we just kind of dismissed it. Like, that was weird, but... And you haven't heard that didn't... in other apartments nearby very easy, right? It wasn't like right. as loud as it would be in your apartment. So exactly. You like, no, we knew for sure. Yeah, because the naysayers are going to say that. You know, that's why No, right. Yeah. But the thing is that when you live in an environment, you... Get used to certain noises. Very right? acclimated the, to all the right. things around you all the time. The way yeah, that you your to, door opens, the way you that your door shuts. Like these girls downstairs, they hear me singing all the time. They yeah. know. They're oh, like, oh, I'm sure. They're home. like, oh, Justin the, Timberlake's on yeah. again. And the, girl, the girl over there's like, oh, I'm watering my plants. Here he is. He's home. Dang it. <laughs> Literally, that happened, and I got a job at the property. Yeah. Within like two months after that. So I'm working and, you know, I'm getting to know the property and everything. And I remember Ange, who was our leasing manager at that time, because I was brand new. It was me, Ange, and Sarah. And I remember um, Ange said, oh, yeah, uh, 2216 is where so-and-so killed themselves on the patio. And I remember, I swear, and I remember looking at her and I said, what? Because she didn't know where you lived yet? Well, she did. She oh. was my leasing agent. So and she, she handled the transfer and everything, but now as part of the crew, you guys know, we're oh, not yeah, going to we be disclosing stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's part of the property management business, and we're not right. required to disclose certain things. And Just like any industry, it's like sure. that. There's stuff that's kind of, you know, mom and stuff that is vocal, you know. Yeah, now right. you're in the circle, you're wow. hearing stuff. So now I'm in the circle, and she said that the guy that lived there prior to us moving into there... Killed himself on the patio. Like shot himself or something? Shot himself. He covered the entire patio area in plastic. And when they went into his unit, there was boxes and boxes of pizza. Like that he was just ordering and like, I guess he loved pizza. I don't know. But who does? anyway, he killed himself on the patio. And he made it so everything was clean and no one had to really do a whole lot of... Cleanup. Wow. After cleanup, yeah. Um, and then when she told me that, I remember going home and I told Julian, like, holy shit, someone yeah. died in our apartment. Well, not only did they die, but they took their own life. It's not coincidence. You know what the other really weird thing was? We broke our lease Shortly after that, because the vibe that was in the apartment was too heavy for me. And right. I've always been just super sensitive to metaphysical energy or just energy in general. I'm a true Pisces, like yeah. to the core. And my, so my son's a Pisces, so I love Pisces. I know. feel like he has that vibe too. He does. He has, he's, he's very empathic about things Yes, in general. He knows what's going We're, on. We're... Almost to it's a, a water fault. sign, so you're it's, you're very emotional, uh, yeah. emotional based in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. so and we're we very cancers. fluid. Fluid, why yeah. We, cancers. That's why we all get along so well. It, that's probably you know? what it is. But wow. we are. I feel like we're just open in a different way because we are so fluid that there's we're not rigid mm-hmm. in, in any way. We're just like, oh, yeah. cool. Like this is how you are. I love you, and I accept you for that. Like we're just very. Yeah flexible mm-hmm. right but yeah like it, it was just crazy because all of that happened we broke the lease for like them to say that and that and that corroboration of all because you guys thought it was a home invasion situation right no we legit That's oh crazy. I, I will say this after that happened i don't know if you remember if you guys remember but there was like these attic doors in the walk-in closets mm-hmm. i hated those things hated them yeah one day we showed up and one of the the door in our unit was like it it was slid slided over. over, slid over. 
God, I feel so Mexican today. So excuse my grammar. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but it was slid over and I remember calling the office and being like, did you guys come and like do, do anything work? over here? I just, they're like, no, like we, we haven't been there. I'm like, okay, this is strange because those doors, if you remember, those panels were nailed in yeah. to the attic. Like they weren't you had to just, take them out with a hammer no, or something. they, no. they, and the nails were pulled out, even to the point where Jillian thought someone had planted a camera. Was hiding up there mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, he did. Wow. He was like, someone's spying on us, blah, blah, blah. I kind of, inside myself, I thought it was a little bit paranormal. It was like, yeah. this is just a little strange. We ended up moving out, and by this time I became leasing manager, and you guys came on. And two two sixteen, we couldn't keep people in that unit. For whatever reason, everyone kept breaking their lease. They were in there like three, four months, and then they would move out. I think I remember you mentioning somebody getting shot and or shooting themselves. Yeah, I think you told us that story, or not the whole story, not like that you lived in it and all that stuff. But I think you told us that, or Sarah, it might have been Sarah, because I remember she was always saying something crazy like that. She's like, "Yeah, this person died. Somebody got killed in this one, or whatever." Yeah, you know. And it's like, wow. But yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's wild. I guess I will add really quick that as leasing agents, you guys know, we, one of the main points in being a salesperson is creating that connection with people, mm-hmm. you know, rapport. that rapport. And yeah. I think that comes really easy for all three of us. Yeah, we're just very easygoing and kind of open to everybody's lives, like walks of life. We don't prejudge people easily we're like oh my god tell me more like Mm -hmm. i want to know more i remember particularly in the um in the old property brookfield Mm -hmm. i rented an apartment to a native american guy he Mm -hmm. was really young he was maybe like 22 and there was this unit that had just been vacated that he was really interested in and he was like i want it he came, brought me his deposit. I was an assistant manager then, so I had already yeah. been promoted. I was still working with you then. Yeah, yeah, because you became leasing manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm helping this guy, and I remember he was like, I'm I'm ready to do it, but are you okay my medicine guy comes through? And I was like, 100%. Like, just to smudge, right, and stuff? Well, just to kind of feel the vibe and give, yeah. like, the final approval. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Well... The medicine guy comes through. He's like, hell no. And they come back to my office. You guys remember your mom's old office? Yeah. Like yeah. In the back, right? That corner, yeah. Yep. And they come back and he says, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to forfeit my deposit. Not that one. Yeah. He goes, I can't live here at all. Like, not even the community? No. Like, oh, at all. because I know what you're going to say, yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, tell me more. And he was like... My medicine man came. We walked through the apartment. He said there's a really evil entity living there. And the people that lived there before was a couple. And he's telling me this. He said there was a couple there. The girl got pregnant. The demon took the baby. And they broke up. And you guys, it was to a T. That's what happened? For real? to a T. Dude, I got chills. It was Wait, cr- so you knew this already happened? Like yes. something bad? Yeah. Um, you didn't know there was a demon I involved, moved, but you No, like, I, I didn't know. Like, Damn. when this couple moved in, they seemed like they were solid. They were so in love. I knew she was pregnant. Like, because you find all these little details about people, to. right? You like, that's a part of our job. Right. Yeah. Um, Some heavy stuff. And it was wild that wow. he had told me that because they broke their lease. Because they weren't together anymore. And she came and told me the whole story. Like, we just didn't work out. And I had a miscarriage. And all this stuff happened. But obviously, they were oblivious to whatever supernatural was was Either oblivious or they didn't want to tell you that part because it sounds crazy. But maybe they really were involved in that. and they. But I'll never forget the fact that the medicine man told the new resident everything that had happened there. Man. There was a girl here. She lost her baby. Wait, There's you told a demon the, some, here. the next person that rented it? He told, yes. Well, he told the kid. The native. The kid was native and he oh, asked gotcha, his, gotcha. his yeah, medicine yeah, yeah. man to come. And so the medicine man said, you can live here. Yeah. And and he did. He deposited or he forfeited his deposit. Lost and, money. Just yeah. And he was totally okay with it. And he 
told me, I remember him saying, this apartment complex is built on sacred and Native American burial ground. No. And then so many things made sense to me at that point. And it was like, oh my God, you know, like, you guys, I was so oppressed at that time, like... To the point where you can't go to sleep, like you're yeah. so afraid. It sucks. Yeah. It it did. Your it made me feel loony. Too. Like, what's going on with me? Is this really who I am? Like, it, it was just crazy. And I used to wait at my right here, this place. It's cleansed, obviously now, but mm-hmm. I used to wait with my key after work before entering. I don't want to go in because I'm. Oh hell no! And then I couldn't come in here. I literally couldn't come in this room. He slept so on his couch. I would sleep on like the couch for almost six months because. I would hear shuffling under this bed every single night, nonstop. Like this. Like it's underneath the bed. just Yeah. And then imagine and like, what your mind does. Well, I'm, like, I'm not right. going to look under you know? the bed because I don't right. want to see what I'm going to see right. that's going to destroy me. So I'm yeah. just going to act like it's not happening for the whole night. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad for a while there. So I know what you're saying. Like the oppression. I couldn't sleep. Like it's I, a real feeling. I was tired it's every so day real. at work. Then yeah. I started feeling depressed, like you know, all and it things. and it it melds into the dreams too. That's the problem. Is it right. melds right into the dream state too? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. They use that dream then state. Then you're confused. Like, is to it mess real, with is you it even fake? more. Nothing. And you know, because the dream right. state is like Damn. the ex. That's the the time when it's like okay, things can be weird. You know, because you're dreaming, so it's like things can be right. kind of weird. But so are we dreaming? Open. Or not. Are we astro projecting? Are we tapping into different realities? Are we... Right. Like, our consciousness is spread out. You know, they say time is relative. Like, Mm -hmm. present, future, past. We're all living the same timeline. But we just kind of don't feel it. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I don't know. It was just like I like that the idea was of astral projection. Maybe you are. We, maybe it's like when those evil entities are oppressing, they're calling your astral projection out to meet them in that same space. Right. So it is real. Yeah. It's like more real than you can imagine. Even more real than our actual bodies. Almost. Exactly. But you got that. You've heard of the silver cord that's tied to you when you're in that in that realm. Mm-hmm. And anyone that doesn't yeah. know, you, they they always say you have the silver cord tied around you, and if that breaks. Then you're gone forever. Then you're gone. Yeah, you can't your wake soul's up. gone. Your body's gone. Everything's gone. Right. Very right. interesting. Let's take a little break, real quick. Yeah, take Might a break. Well. break we all recharge we feeling good uh vicky i heard you know we were talking here right before this and it sounds like you've got some even you're you're turning the ante up you know you had some ghostly things some scary things now it's like it's getting even scarier it's it's pure evil uh hence the devil the name the devil you know we hear it get thrown around and you think the pitchfork and the red body and the horns and all that stuff but like what what was that to you i know you had an experience that's sounds really scary yeah. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess just to preface a little bit, I was born and raised LDS. Mm-hmm. You know, just the idea of black and white, I guess, a little bit. Um, so, my entire childhood, we were a little bit meek and humble. You know, we didn't have a whole lot. My dad landed a job as a motivational speaker. and I remember you said that. Um, with Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. But even then, my dad was a math professor and an astrophysicist prior to him coming with Stephen Covey. So I grew up with a dad that was really open. Like, he would tell me there's definitely ways that people can walk through walls. Like, just the metaphysical. Because so he believed understood. in it big time. Absolutely. That's cool. Like, he was into physics, so he knew, like, what that meant. The yeah. vibrations yeah. and yeah. things. Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. there's an angle, and there's a temperature, mm-hmm. and there's things that kind of go into that. And he really opened up my mind to that. So, at this time, our family was doing a little bit better, and we lived in a nicer part in Mexico. I was born and raised there. How old were you at the time? I was eight, because I had Again, just gotten baptized. Age. Dude, we've been talking about seven to ten-year-old, seven to ten range. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was really spiritual, too. Like, I've I've always been open to the spiritual realm. It's just, I don't know if it's because I'm a true Pisces, but I, I feel like I have a really open... Aura or aura. Aura. I'm so Mexican. Aura. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I've always kind of been open to just energy, you know, even since that time. And I remember up until that point, I shared a room with my brothers. I I just barely had a little sister. I was nine years old. Michelle had just been born. And I was just, you know, with my reckless little brothers. And so at that point, we're doing better. My dad had, my mom and dad purchased a bigger home and they had actually separated like his office. He made an office into the house. Oh, nice. That had a separation between the house and the office and the lobby area and like the private office, right? And time had passed. So he had an office at the corporate site and he didn't have a need for that home office anymore. And I was the oldest. I had my two little brothers that I always shared my room with. And then my little sister that had just been born. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, just asking for my own space. And he was like, you know what? You can go ahead and take the office. The office. But the office was completely closed down from the entire house. Like there was a legit wall. Like a separation. With a door yeah. where you walked into the lobby and... And the office part, right? Okay. The office became my room. And so my parents furnished it that weekend. Like, I was super excited to finally have my own room and not be around my little brothers. And I had just gotten baptized, born and raised LDS, like I said. And I was really into the church. Like, spirituality has always been big for me. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy. So... We lived in Monterrey, which is super close to the border, to Laredo, Texas, like two hours maybe. And my parents and my cousin's parents would take turns leaving the kids with each other so they could go and like spend the weekend over in the other side, which meant, (laughs) you know, no, the U.S. Oh, the U.S. Yeah, because we were on the dark side. (laughs) We wanted to go to the bright side. And they came and they dropped my cousins off. And I remember I was so excited because I've had my room for like two days. I got to have my cousin come over and like, we're going to have girls time. And But this is your cousin from U.S.? No, this is my cousin from Mexico. Okay, gotcha. My cousin Betsy. Which is crazy because we're still friends and this is a memory that we still share together that we seldomly talk about because it was such a dark memory for Mm -hmm. both of us. Um, Was she the same age around? She's a year and a half younger than I So she was like seven-ish? Yeah. Six and a half? So I was eight and she was probably probably like seven. Six and a half, seven. Six and a half. Um, Anyway, I remember I was so excited to like share my space with her you know i got my own room oh my god this is gonna be great and we're in my room and i remember you know just being like heavily influenced by the church like we read our scriptures every night and we were reading the book of mormon mm-hmm. and both of us are just sitting there we're reading we're just so into it and all of a sudden we hear but you, you have to remember that the door from my room went into the lobby. And then the lobby also had a door that went so into the So somebody was in the lobby house. knocking, is what you're saying. Right. So we heard a knock. We opened the door. Nobody's there. We're like, okay, whatever. It's our stupid little brothers. Because right. our brothers... Playing pranks. They're yeah. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. It was Crazy the vibe. Kids. Like, yeah. our, our brothers That's what the were older sister. You gotta do all the time. Yeah. So, like, okay, whatever. We go back into the room. We keep reading. And we hear a knock again. It was, like, super faint like that. We go. We hurry up and open the door. And we're looking behind the couches. We're like, And the door between the lobby and the main house was closed. And so, we're like, they got to be hiding behind the couches. Yeah. Whatever. So, we're looking. We couldn't find anybody. So, the lobby was kind of big. It had a couple couches. It did. And- yeah. Okay, nice. So I was scared at this point. I was, I remember looking at my cousin and I was like, let's go tell my mom and dad. So I remember going to their room. My little sister was a newborn. Yeah. I was like nine <laughs> years old. And I go into the room. My mom says, okay, well, why don't you guys just go and grab your mattress, grab your pillows and come and put them in the main room and you guys can sleep there. We're right here. Okay. So as we're going back into the lobby, into the main room, 
I don't know if you guys remember this. Maybe you're, I don't know, older than me. But our bed, the base, Mm -hmm. was wooden slats. I remember that, yeah, yeah. And there was holes in between the slats, Mm -hmm. right? And then you put the mattress on top. And back in the day, back in the early 90s, we had um, bed skirts. Yeah, yep. So we would put the bed skirt over the The frame. yeah. And then you put your mattress over and then, you know, dress it like you wanted. And I remember my mom was like, go over there, grab the mattress, grab your stuff, mm-hmm. put it in the front room. It'll be fine. And we're like, okay. We go into the room and I'm standing. The bed is like long ways to my left. And I asked my cousin to come into the narrow way so that she could like pick up the narrow side and I could pick up the long side. And underneath the the mattress, there was the bed skirt, which yeah. is just piece of linen, right? But there's there. slats in between it, mm-hmm. right? And so we go in and we lift up the mattress and it's, the mattress is kind of sitting up against me. Betsy is on the far end and she's trying to grab the end of the mattress so that we can like push it together. But it's like leaning on you. Right. It's leaning on me. It's still probably like it comes up to my nose. (laughs) I'm tiny at that point. And I remember we lifted it up and I remember looking down and all of a sudden I saw something come up in between the bed slats that just rose the skirt of the bed. Mm-hmm. Almost like a hand. Like You could see the hand It looked like it a hand coming through, mm-hmm. but it was wider when it got to the top. Something that couldn't fit in between the slats. Right. So it got wider as it came out. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And wow. I looked down, and I'm looking at it, and I remember pointing... And I'm trying to tell my cousin Betsy, like, There's something there. something's here, but all of a sudden, my throat was shut. Like, it seized up. I couldn't talk. Your whole, yeah, your whole shock factor, like, it just shut it down. It, for whatever reason, I was stuck. And I remember just pointing at it, and she was making fun of me. She was like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? And I remember pointing, like... I couldn't talk, you guys. Like, I yeah. couldn't get it out. And she's looking at me like, you're so dumb. And then she looks down and she sees this elevated piece of Linen. fabric, yeah. right? And she starts screaming. I still can't talk. I'm like, okay, well, at least someone's seeing what I'm seeing. I go around the corner and I grab her hand. And as soon as I grab her hand to grab her out, I will never forget the voice, the depth of the voice, the the energy that came from that voice. And it spoke in Spanish, and it said, Soy el diablo. I am, I am the, the devil. devil. Y te voy a matar. And I'm going to kill you. Holy okay. Crap. And you guys, it was a grunt. Like, it was a gruntal, like... Like it was. Did it I can. Sound, I can't. Did even. it sound like it had like three voices in one sometimes? Because I hear that all the time from like these. It these was like demonic. a multi-dimensional. Yeah. You hear a high, a mid, and a low. But like it was also really just like a. I, I don't know how to explain it to you guys. It was like a just like a mix of of sounds, but it was very echoey and very deep. That's like creepy. And I remember. Like, when he said that, I was, like, just remember looking to my left because the door to the house was on the left. And I looked over at my cousin, and her eyes were big, and I was, like, I'm getting out, Mm. right? I'm running. She trips at the door frame, and I turn around, and I remember grabbing her hand, and I dragged her out. Like, I was running so hard and fast. And I remember just thinking, I'm not going to leave you here. And I ran with her. And I remember her being hurt because I dragged her. But I dragged her and I left her in the front room after we crossed that door. And then I remember running into my parents' bedroom where I almost crushed Michelle, my little sister, because I was so scared. Like, it was like a boom. Like, I just jumped on the bed. 
And I was so freaked out. And my dad was like, what's going on? And I was like, somebody's here. Like, we heard this. Da, 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 da. And I remember we had these curtains in the in the front room that kind of like, it was kind of like a storage area where we had like these running curtains all around. And he went and checked there. He went and checked my room. He checked everywhere. And he was like, there's nothing here. And Betsy and I just, like, that did not calm our Didn't heart. Yeah. Like, yeah. we, I remember my mom singing hymns to us until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. And even then, I was like, I'm not going to sleep. I cannot go to sleep. Like, there is something in this house Jeez. that wants me and Betsy, and I'm not going to sleep. And after that, I feel like it kind of opened up, like, a portal to the energy that we were feeling. And I could tell you were visibly shaken when you were explaining it earlier. Oh. And, like, just remembering the voice and all the mem- memories coming <sighs> back and stuff. Like, it's probably scary to kind of relive it again. But especially, like... It's good that you have validation with, like, your cousin being a part of yeah. it, too, and stuff like yeah. that. But, like, that's really scary, because what, what really was the... I think it, the devil doesn't really have, like, the authority to just take a random person like that. Yeah. But, obviously, it's, it's like... But it was manifesting, that's what you'll believe. like, where it was, like, coming out of that slat area. With, you know, you couldn't... Your hand couldn't go through that slat, right? Exactly. It was, also, it was breaking it was physical boundaries, like, also, for sure. Yeah. So, you saw the physical nature of it, in a way, and then all of a sudden, you heard it, which is creepy. So and you, you think... The two, do you think the knocking the was... And the knock. Do you think the knocking was the same situation, then? Same Well, it, it was for sure that, because I, I guess I want to preface a little bit. In the LDS religion, we get baptized at eight, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we believe that consciousness... Age of accountability. Exactly. Right? Like, it... Ex- Fans at age eight, like whether you're baptized or you're not, it doesn't matter. This is the point where God gives you full consciousness. I believe it. I have a son who's seven, and right now he is, um, he's this the smartness that's coming out of, yeah, very much. Like, he's like, he's noticing things, he's noticing when he's doing wrong things, when he's doing right things. He's right at this point now. Before that, I couldn't say that, but now I'm like, yeah, he's doing that now, where he's like, oh, I feel bad because I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he cares play. a lot more about like what's going on, you know? Yeah, it was just like, a super crazy experience, and I think from then... But you didn't see a... It kinda, I didn't see... You didn't see, see like a physical, besides the sheet coming up and getting wide, you didn't. Right. You just heard the voice, you didn't see like a physical face I didn't. or anything, which um, is good. That would have been a lot more detrimental, probably. No, for sure. Yeah. But I will tell you guys... To that nature, I think that there's a gift that's been kind of passed down throughout the generations. My mom actually is super, like, skeptical. Like, she is, I will come to her and she'll be like, hmm, really? Like, are you sure it wasn't this, it wasn't that? And and that was my experience as a child. Like, I would come to her and be like, like, with my haunted doll experience, you know, I'd be like, did you move her? And she'd be like... Vicky, like, it's okay. Why are you thinking these things? You know, and they were very gospel oriented. And so I think they were always trying to kind of debunk that, that super metaphysical part that I had as a child and kind of almost like erase it, you know? Don't give it power basically or something. Right. But I will tell you that my mom, a little bit, um, well, it, of course, because that's your own experience. I remember how you you're know? saying, like, you wish, like, how you say our mom at school that she's, like, accepting of us. Yeah. Telling her those things. Yeah, it's it's hard when, and most people we grew up with, especially, too, like, when they have those experiences, they can't tell anybody. Like, back then, they couldn't tell anybody because yeah. it was always like, oh, you're crazy. Leah. But it's okay. I think it's good to have a skeptical parent and a non like, if your dad was more open to, like, the astral world. And he was. It's kind of um, cool that there's two of them. Doing different yeah. things, you know. For sure. And I think, too, so kind of on a side note, my dad has, you know, he grew up, he's a copper in the church, just super strong in that spiritual side. Yeah. Um, When I became a teenager, I remember just talking to him about different experiences that I had. And, of course, that experience, I feel like they wanted to believe us, but also they were like, is this real? Like, how are we going to get through it? You know? Yeah. He just always believed in the metaphysical. And so yeah. I always did too. To the point where he just, 
validated all of that for me. And my mom didn't. My mom was very like, oh, well, it, it, maybe it can be this or it can be that. <laughs> yeah. I had a grandmother, though, that was super open. Yeah. I remember her being like, death visited me one night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tell me more. You guys know my grandma is like a second mom to me. Like yeah. when we came to the States, my parents had several jobs. My grandma really was, she was like my person. Yeah. When I came home from school and everything, and she shared experiences with me all the time. She was super like, I believe in that. And yeah. and she had a sister that was a hard ass. Like she had a sister that was like in the revolution. She was fighting grown men. Like her sister was a baddie, right? They saw things and they heard things that Dang. couldn't be explained. You know, my grandma told me one one day, which, you know, the older she got, I was like, I wanted to gain this much knowledge. Like, tell me all your stories because I yeah. want to know. Yeah. She said that one night death visited her. And I said, well, tell me about it. And she said, there was an orb that came in. And I have to tell you guys this really quick. My grandmother was born in 1923. She lived in a ranch that had no potable water, no electricity, nothing. Like well water It was stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not even well water. They lived by a river and were so deep into Mexican folklore myths, right? And at this time, La Llorona was Uh a Uh myth that was... Hundred years old, but it continues to this day. But the thing is, is that she relates a story where she was little. So my grandmother's mom died when my grandma was six due to childbirth complications, and she's the second youngest. And so she had a Nina, and a Nina is a godmother. Yeah, it's a godmother that takes care of you. It pretty much takes over. The motherly part, right? Mm-hmm. And her Nina told her, if you ever see a ball of light, it's usually a communication or there's a, a treasure buried because we're, we're Mayan, we're Aztec, and there's treasures that are buried throughout the land. So if you do, you, you need to let me know. And my grandma relates the story that she was 16 years old. She saw an orb of light come through her door. There was no light at this point in the ranch, which is meek and humble, you know. Candlelight type stuff. Yeah. No like, street lights, lights, no car lights. No well, in stuff. the Americas, I feel like if you got a ranch, it's because you're rich, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, is the opposite. You right. got ranches because you're. Super oh, our grandma also life. grew up in Morgan, Utah, and they lived in a very small cabin mm-hmm. with like a little tub that they'd have to fill up hot water in, and it was the youngest bathing first to the oldest, and that's all they and had. That's and that's how you do it. They right? lived very humble yeah. too. Yeah. Continue the story, so go ahead. Where did I leave off? You left off talking about, um, like, some orb. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I think my grandma was maybe about 16 years old, and in my, you know, talking with her, she shared stories, and she said that she had seen an orb. And in her experience, and I will tell you guys in her words, she said, death visited me. And I said, okay, well, tell me why. And she said, this orb showed up in the doorway. It climbed up and it was dancing around, but it climbed up my bed. And then it disappeared back into the doorway. So my grandma had a Nina, which is a a godmother. Mm -hmm. And the godmother always told her, if you see a ball of light and they're showing you something is because there's money or treasure buried in the grounds so pay attention where they bury themselves and let, let her know you said right let yeah. her know about let, where that's let, at let us know where that's going on and they did they like dug up the the door frame and everything they weren't able to find anything but that was just an experience that my grandma had that was supernatural it was an orb yeah. like how many of us have ever experienced an orb did she ever describe the the look of it like the the color or anything it, like it that? was fire is what she said fire? it was so fire it was like amber yeah, colors it was like an amber color yeah nice 
and even then, so my grandma grew up in the ranch, which is a is a humble thing, mm-hmm. right? Like in the Americas, if you have a ranch, it's because you have a surplus of money. If you're in Mexico, it's totally the opposite. Like it's because you're growing up you're from humble beginnings. Trying to make some money, right? You yeah, know, you're yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah. My grandma talks about hunting deer, eating deer, you know, just hunting. And, I mean, she grew up around scorpions and snakes and, like... Yeah. It's crazy because I grew up being obsessed with ranch life. Like, I really wanted to be a part of that. And, I still love it myself, so and cool. And just to kind of know, you know, my, my grandma made butter, even though she didn't, because... Her thing was, I couldn't make butter because my hands were too warm. Like, the milk part of it, like, her hands, it was just melt, right? And so her sister would take care of that, and she would take care of a different part of it. But she was still punished because her hands were too warm. Like, oh, wow. You you can't make butter. Yeah. Did they churn it? Well, they churned it with their hands. They literally just did it with their hands. It was just with their hands. But my grandma did have an experience, so... My grandma was the second youngest. There was four of them. And my great-grandmother passed away due to childbirth. After my grandma was born, Mm -hmm. it was... She had one more brother after her. And then there was twins that died when she died. So she grew up with with her her Nina, which Mm -hmm. was her... Her godmother, right? And she did just experience a lot of things. And one of the things that she did share with me was La Llorona. Was yeah, that's what I want to get Mexican into. Mexican folklore is a huge part of our culture. Mm-hmm. I know, it's Chupacabra and it's... La Llorona. Yeah, yeah. La, la Mano Pachona. Have you guys heard of uh-huh. La Mano Pachona? No. It's like a werewolf, right? So La Man- no. No, no. So La Mano Pachona was born in Puebla, which is one of like the most... Cinco de Mayo is actually based on Puebla, which is not even Independence Day or anything, but it's a fight that Mexico had against Mexico, right? Okay, yeah. But Puebla is a very supernatural place, and Grandma was just like, okay, like, into all of that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. La Llorona, she heard of it, and she lived by a river because they lived in such a rural area. They didn't have a well. They didn't have none of that stuff, not potable water, not electricity, any of that. They had to go to the river, gather their water, and wash their clothes. And one of the things that she mentioned was that her sister... She was just a hard ass and she wasn't afraid. And they went to the river one night because they missed laundry day. And she said that they got there. And as soon as they got there and started washing their clothes or like putting them in the river, they heard wailing. All right. That's it for part one of Vicky's experiences. Join us again when we get part two posted. You won't want to miss it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.